Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. I love working with people. I love uh, listening and hearing people's lives. But I've discovered this about people. There's a lot of people's lives who are, well, they're, they're, they're just messy, really messy, right? Uh, and sometimes it's no fault of their own, it's just messy. But sometimes it happens that, well, they didn't realize if they did this, they would get that. If they judged, they would feel judged. If they spent money, they wouldn't have money. Uh, if they spent money frivolously, they wouldn't have money for the things they need. This could go on, but often people don't understand that if you do this, you're going to get that. And Paul understood people, though. So last week, you, we, we were in the middle of our series on Ephesians, and last week we looked at Ephesians chapter 4, and this is what he said at the end of the passage we looked at, uh, that we are taught to be made new in the attitude of, of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God and true righteousness and holiness. You were taught to have your mind renewed and to put on the new self. The new self was created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Last week we looked at how holiness is being set apart for God, so saying my life is yours, God. And true righteousness is, is doing the things that stem out of the character of God. So when you love as God loves, well, you're being righteous. If, you're, uh, if you are being merciful as God is merciful, you're being righteousness. So putting on the new self is a choice. It's a process. We looked at it last week. God's going to help me, help me to live my life as if it was yours, because it is. God, I'm going to try to reflect your character in all that I do, because that's what I want. And Holy Spirit, work in me to transform me by the renewing of my mind and my value system. And so Paul assumes that the Ephesians are going to do that. They're going to put on the new self. And then we get to the passage that's read today. And it talks about community life. It says, therefore, each one of us must put on false, off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. You'll notice it starts with therefore. Paul says, put on the, the new self, therefore, live in community this way. So I thought, well, it's nice that our Ephesians passage is lined up with our anniversary service because it's saying, put on the new self, here's how you live in community. He says, uh, because you put on the new self, you're going to speak truthfully, you're not going to sin in your anger, you're not going to hold on to your anger, and if you have been stealing, then that's going to stop. And you're going to share with others and work for what you get. Paul is saying that the fact that you are set apart for God, that you're living righteously, that you've put on your new self, that changes the way we behave towards one another. 
if you behave poorly towards others, that is a reflection of the fact you haven't learned Christ well. It's a reflection that you haven't put on the new self well. And it is a discipleship issue. I've been around healthy churches and healthy communities. And I've been around unhealthy churches and unhealthy communities. Here's what I have noticed. A group of any significant size will be made up of all kinds of people. There will be the spiritually mature and the spiritually immature. You'll get a number of people who are challenged with various mental illnesses. You'll have different life stages represented, different family backgrounds, vastly different opinions on the issues of the day. You will have people who at any point are, some of them are going through real challenges, and some of them are finding life pretty good. The difference between a healthy community and an unhealthy community is not the makeup of the group. It's not what the people in the group are going through. What determines the health of a group is how we normally interact with each other. Let me break it down for you. Verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we're all members of one body. Paul's already told us in verse 15 to speak the truth in love. So he circles back to this speaking the truth. If a community is going to be healthy, it's important that we hold honest conversations. And Paul, in verse 2, has already said, be completely humble. So it's important that we hold honest conversations with humility. If we're going to be a community where we hear God's voice, then we need to be able to speak truly when we hear something that says, ah, I, that doesn't quite ring true. If we're going to be a community that walks closely with one another, then we have to be truthful when other people's actions are hurtful. We need to be able to listen also for our part in the actions. Paul says, speak truthfully because we're members of one body. Dishonesty in a community is like infection in the body. Now, when we're talking about truth being truthful, we're not talking about taste or preference. I am not required to go up to somebody and say, I really hate your shirt and it makes you look fat, right? <laughs> That's not what it's talking about. It's not about preferences. It's not about taste. We're talking about issues of the soul. We're talking about issues of relationship. We're talking about issues of substance. Then Paul goes on to say, verse 26, in your anger, do not sin. And do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Right after speaking truthfully, Paul puts the thing in about anger, right? Why? Because sometimes truth hurts. It's not a coincidence 
Paul assumes that you and I will get angry sometimes. Now, it's right to be angry about injustice. Uh, but Paul here is speaking about anger that comes out of relationship. We tend to get angry when our personal rights are infringed on or when we believe our self-worth is called into question. If somebody takes what we think is ours, anger is a normal response. Or if somebody calls, uh, if somebody impugns your character, if somebody slanders you, then we're likely to get angry. And the dynamic in here is the more secure, insecure you are, the more likely you are to feel hurt and angry when you hear other people's words about you because you hear it through the lens of your own insecurity. We hear them saying more than maybe they meant. Whatever the cause, Paul says, listen, yeah, anger's a reality, but here's the thing. Put on the new self. In your anger, do not sin. Uh, there will be things that will happen that will make you angry. Don't let your feelings, angry feelings, cause bad behavior. Don't let your angry feelings cause hurtful words. Easy to say things and do things when we're angry that we shouldn't. More than that, Paul says, deal with your anger quickly. You may or may not be able to deal with the situation right away, but you must deal with your heart in the immediate future. Usually we need to sit with God and say, God, why am I angry? Why, why did that make me angry? Because you own your own feelings, right? What, what did it hook in us? Um... Did we feel like our rights were infringed on? Did we feel like somehow we were being put down and our self-worth was being called into question? Dealing with anger usually requires forgiveness. Sometimes it involves God asking God to change our own heart. Sometimes it involves understanding that we need to have a tough conversation, a humble conversation, but it always involves dealing with it quickly. Unresolved anger, Paul says, gives the devil a foothold. He use that anger to harass the rest of your life. It's amazing how anger comes uh, in one spot, pops out in another spot. It's amazing how Satan can use undealt with anger towards one person to color our interactions with a lot of people. It's amazing how Satan can use our anger to blind us to what is happening in many other parts of our lives because when we have undealt with anger, it gives Satan the foothold. We'll sort of go back to anger in a few minutes, but uh, verse 28. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Ephesus had a culture of stealing, and so this was just put in there. Seems like a no-brainer to us, but suffice it to say, don't steal. 
Verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The most significant difference between a healthy and an unhealthy community is how we speak to one another. Speak in a way that builds people up. Speak in a way that encourages people. Uh, speak in a way that speaks to their point of need. Don't tear each other down. The word unwholesome means the process of decay. Don't let any kind of talk come out of your mouth that causes other people to decay. I don't know, we learn this as teenagers, right? And they're often rough and tumble world, world of being a teenager. You know, you, you learn the art of the insult and the put down. And some people never get over that stage in life. And sometimes, you know, you'll see people shrivel up when word, unkind words are said. That's what it means, unwholesome, decay. Your words can build people up, they can put people down. If you have got into the habit of putting people down, Paul says, time to break the trend. Don't let any unwholesome words come over your mouth. Now, let me say something about building other people up with our words. Uh, sometimes I'll get people who will come up to me and say, Brent, I don't want you to get a big head, but, and then they'll tell me something good that they did, or that I did. Um, that they see in me. Let me say this clearly. Your job, it was never in your job description or your calling or your gifting to keep other people humble. Okay? If that, you've seen that as your job, I would encourage you to resign. Okay? The Bible says we're to build one another up and it's our own responsibility to keep ourselves humble. Don't worry about giving another person a big head. Worry about encouraging them, right? Build people up with your words. Paul then goes on, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit to whom you were sealed in the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You'll get the idea of this if you've ever had a child who did something stupid. For instance, if you've ever had a kid take up smoking, you know that it's bad for their health, you know that it's addictive, you know that they're going to regret having taken up the habit, but you watch it, nothing you can do about it, and what you do is grieve. Get that picture in your mind. The Holy Spirit has applied the work of Christ to your life. He has done what it takes to cleanse your heart from sin. He has brought you into a relationship with the God of the universe so that there's nothing in between you and God. And he has counseled you. And he's convicted you of sin and of righteousness. And he's moved you fully into the kingdom of God. 
And then we go out, and in our stubbornness, we say, yeah, but I'd really like to, and we pick up habits that pull us away from God, that have a way of corrupting our soul. Paul says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. He's done so much for you. When we put on the new self, part of what that means is that we're going to live in a way that pleases God, not grieves God. Paul states, it's common sense, but Paul states it. Then he goes on, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, anger, or rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Let me give you brief definitions here. Bitterness, long-standing resentment. We talk about people nursing a grudge. That's what's going on there. Bitterness is what happens when anger and unforgiveness carry on for a long time. Hebrews 12, 15 says the people who are bitter will cause issues and defile those around them. In other words, a bitter person is a toxic person. Paul simply says, get rid of bitterness. If you're bitter, you say, well, that's easier said than done. Well, there's going to be forgiveness involved. Might be a long journey back, but I would encourage you, deal with bitterness. God will give you the grace. Rage. Rage is angry heat. Has two kinds of meaning here. One is, you know, we flare up into angry really easy, and then we calm down easy. If it was a kid, we called it a temper tantrum. But, uh, you know, it happens with adults as well. Or the, the other idea of this anger, our rage, is this low-boiling anger. You, have you ever met an angry person whose the anger is just simmering there? That's what it's talking about. Anger, this is a different word for anger than was used in verse 26. It's any violent emotion. Jealousy, envy, stuff that comes out of drunkenness, or anger could be wrapped up in this world. The, this word describes a negative emotion that gets out of control. That's not appropriate for God's holy people, Paul says. Brawling. That's creating a disturbance in the church. Now, haven't seen any fist fights break out at Asbury since I've been here? Good thing. Uh, but it has the idea not only of fist fights, but just creating conflict wherever you go. Slander. A speech injurious to one's good name. Be very careful how you talk about people. Gossip, by the way, is just secret slander. So you're slandering them, but behind their back. Mal malice, this is holding ill will and trying to actively harm someone, trying to thwart them, uh, doing stuff out of spite. You cannot have a healthy community and do these kind of things. Paul is kindly but firmly saying, deal with your stuff. Deal with your stuff. Paul says, if you have any of these things, get rid of them. They're not consistent with putting on the new self. Putting on the new self involves dealing with these things, the poison community. And Paul simply wraps up the section by saying, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as Christ in, just as in Christ, God forgave you. 
Kindness is the opposite to these things. Kindness and compassionate love covers a multitude of sins. We live in, in that posture towards people that loves them. We deal with people who have offended us and we forgive them. Forgive one another. Whenever you have the opportunity, forgive one another. We're celebrating our 69th anniversary at Asbury today. I love this community, I gotta say. You're an easy community to love. There's so many great people here. Linda and I often com comment on that. There are just so many good people here at Asbury. Uh, and I believe we are a healthy community. Well, I give us a, a B plus, okay? Give us a B plus. We tend to treat people well. We could encourage people more. We tend to be more positive than negative in our conversations. Or at least most people do. I don't take that for granted. We value unity and we value health. And I know that that can go sideways fast, so we don't take it for granted. At the same time, this isn't about us as a church. It's about us as followers of Jesus. Healthy church communities happen because healthy, healthy disciples are being made. Healthy church communities happen because we put on the new self. We're being made new in the attitude of our mind, and things flow from there. One of our high values at Asbury is that we be great disciples of Jesus. Paul says, put on the new self. Then he says, this is what it means. So I've been speaking, maybe there have been things that God has highlighted, oh yeah, I need to work on that. Well, that's a discipleship issue, right? So what do you do? Well, you take it to the Lord in prayer. Say, Lord, I have this in my life and I don't want it to be there. You told me to get rid of this or to do this. Lord, would you please change that in me? And then you start memorizing verses or you start looking up scripture verses that have to do with where you, what you want to do or what God wants to do with your life. You repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Cleanse me from that. And then you start praying. See, you play, pray into the change. It matters to you. It matters to us as a community. But more than anything, it, it matters to Jesus. So be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Let's pray. Lord, in this time together, we give thanks for our community. Oh, there's so many good people, and you've done such a good work in our lives, but I know, Lord, you're not done with us yet. So help us to live out what it means to put on the new self. Help us to live in true righteousness and holiness. Help us, Lord, to love each other well and deeply. Help us, Lord, to deal with our stuff. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.
Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.